This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. T-Mobile made a splash several years ago as an underdog challenger led by F-bomb spewing CEO John Ledger. But with successor Mike Sievert running the company over the last two years, it's been a lot less brash. So is the uncarrier dead? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. Joining me to discuss the state of T-Mobile is Senior Editor Eli Blumenthal, who had a chance to talk to Sievert ahead of the two-year anniversary date. Welcome, Eli. Thank you for having me back. So you and I both remember what it was like covering T-Mobile under Ledger. It was unpredictable. Um, I would say it was fun. It was interesting. You know, in contrast, and to be fair, this is over the last two years during a pandemic, things are different with T-Mobile. I'm curious how different things have been, particularly for you, since you've been covering T-Mobile pretty closely the last two years. So as you mentioned, it definitely is a lot less brash. You don't have Mike Siebert sending tweet storms or taking aggressive pot shots at AT&T or Verizon or cable companies to the same extent that John Ledger would routinely do on pretty much any opportunity he had, whether it was a TV interview or a earnings call. Those things would happen under Ledger. They're not really happening under Seifert. So yes, it's definitely a bit less fun in that regard. But T-Mobile also is a very different company than it was two years ago. Now they have Sprint. This is also the anniversary of when that merger finally closed. They are now the number two player as far as overall size by subscribers in the U.S. wireless industry. So it's Verizon, T-Mobile, AT&T. For a long time, T-Mobile was very much an underdog. They very much were the fourth or third player in in that race. So all of that combined leads to a very different story around T-Mobile. Yeah, and I think that's that's an interesting point because it's and a lot of this is perception, right? And I think uh, Ledger in particular was sort of a master of creating this image of this uh, this aggressive underdog, this disruptive force. Uh, but if you could sort of dig through the layers uh, and and pass some of the the marketing and the images or the imagery or the company image that was formed there, has the company changed dramatically under Seaver? As far as its outward tone, it, it definitely appears so. Again, they're not as brash, they're not as aggressive. But if you if you dig if you dig past that, right, the the outward tone, the the sort of public messaging, if you sort of dig into the the company, the business, the service itself, like what or has anything changed under Sievert? Oh, it definitely has improved uh, between Sievert and President of Technology Neville Ray. Their network is now actually pretty good. Uh, T-Mobile for years, and this is something that, that Sievert spoke at length about when, when I chatted with him, they, they had a reputation of being a lesser network to AT&T and Verizon. And with 5G, they, in many respects, now have a stronger network. They, they are much more widely available. Their deployment of mid-band spectrum, this valuable wireless real estate, that offers fast, significantly faster speeds compared to 4G LTE. It is, it really is, further along than AT&T and Verizon, especially when you go outside of, of major cities. So, as far as the substance of it, 
they definitely have added some meat to to what they've been talking about. And that's a good point. You like you said, you had a chance to talk to him ahead of this two year anniversary date, uh, and he, he you asked him about that, right? The the fact that the the network has gotten better, or if the network has gotten better, the perception of that hasn't really followed, and and we know perception tends to lag reality, but. I'm curious what he said about that. If there was, you know, any kind of frustration with the notion that folks still think that T-Mobile's network is a little bit less than AT&T and Verizon's. He acknowledged that and outright said that brands are, and these are his words, powerful and stubborn, and that consumers give them credit for, again, quoting here, uh, for T-Mobile being the best value, and and they give T-Mobile credit for providing the best service while acknowledging that it is hard to convince folks that, you know, it has changed over the last however many years since you reevaluated which wireless provider is best for you. And that's something that they really still have to work to change. Yeah, and, and I know that was something that dogged Sprint. Speaking of, you know, a company that it absorbed, Sprint had a, a basically a stellar reputation for network quality. Uh, and then when it merged with Nextel, it... it it got fumbled. The network quality just fell. And even though things got better, they never really fixed that image issue. The, the service had gotten better, and uh, but the customers still weren't really giving it credit. It never really did until you know after it got absorbed into T-Mobile. And so I think Mike uh, Mike Siever has sort of a long road ahead of him because, as you said, the, the brands, or as he said, brands are powerful and they're stubborn. Uh, Switching gears and talking about sort of the uncarried image again and that speaking of branding, it's been nearly a year since the last uncarrier event. And I still, and I'm sure you do as well, you remember the time when, you know, they were holding multiple uncarrier events each year. Now, obviously, things are different now with the pandemic, but uh, it sort of begs the question, given just how much time has passed since the last event, is, is uncarrier dead? That is the big question. That's something I was hoping to get an answer to, because as you mentioned, it used to be Seemingly every couple of months, there was something going on. They, they announced a whole bunch of new initiatives, such as the bundling of Netflix, I think was one of the earlier ones, bringing back unlimited data, the ability to use your phone internationally and not pay roaming charges. That's a nice perk. Uh, but it definitely seems like they have scaled that back. Oh, yeah. Steve tells me that they're, they're not even close to done with that uncarrier branding and that they've instead focused on their network. And again, to their credit, their network has gotten a lot better. And that is the biggest point of having a wireless provider is having good service. If you don't have good service, you could have unlimited data internationally. You could have free Netflix, but if you can't watch it in your home or when you're commuting to the areas you go to, it's not really worth much. How would you characterize Siebert's two-year tenure as CEO? Characterize in what sense? Well, has it been good? Has it been bad? Like, wh- how would you how would you grade his two years as the leader of T-Mobile? I would give him probably around a, a B plus right now for for everything that that's been going on over the last two years, integrating the companies, improving the network. He doesn't get an A because he's had had several uh, missteps along the way. Uh, they they launched T-Vision, which was supposed to be this big disruptor in how we, I guess, uh, consume cable TV content. And that kind of disappeared after a handful of months. 
Yeah, it seemed like that particular one, he like, I felt like that the company fundamentally misunderstood where the market was going. It was launching a service that seemed like it was, it was a few years behind even what like an AT&T had rolled out. Um, but yeah, that, that was definitely a misstep. Yeah, it felt very much in that that era where wireless carriers, and we saw AT&T try to do this, we saw Verizon try to do this, to not just provide the, the pipe is the industry word for the connection, but to also offer content and be a content provider. And it seems like everybody has, has, has uh, wised up to the idea that that is not a profitable enterprise to, to go into content. And obviously right now, AT&T is in the process of spinning out Warner Media, their big Time Warner acquisition, unwinding that and sending that division off to uh, to merge with Discovery. They sold off DirecTV. Verizon had to go 90. So Sievert, as far as the entertainment side and some of his initiatives, he, he definitely has room to improve there. But again, as far as network, he, he's done a good job there. They've definitely been improving. As far as the economics of the business, they still are adding customers year over year. I think he, he said they added 5.5 million last year. So that's still an impressive impressive number in an industry that feels fairly mature. So on that side of things, he's definitely doing, he's doing pretty well. I, I would love to see T-Mobile take some more aggressive initiatives. And they're doing this a little bit with home internet, which I think is right now the most interesting part of 5G where you actually now have some competition in areas where you haven't had before. T-Mobile has their 5G home internet product. That was honestly the last real major on carrier event. Just going back to that, and that was almost a year ago now when they launched that product. And for 50 bucks a month to be able to have unlimited internet with several hundred megabits per second download speeds, again, in areas where you don't necessarily have alternatives can really shake up uh, some industries and provide some real value to consumers and to businesses who, let's face it, competition helps. That, that's what makes that's what makes everything work. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that matures over time because there have been some issues where I, I've seen people saying the network isn't as reliable with home internet and something I'm, I'm curious to see if how they improve and obviously networks are an ever evolving process. They're constantly deploying more, more spectrum. They're in the process right now of shutting down Sprint's older network. So maybe that will help bolster uh, the long-term quality uh, of what they're doing. So again, wrapping this all up, B plus. Okay. Well, and we've been looking at T-Mobile in a vacuum, but you know, in this, in this last two years, We've seen AT&T and Verizon step up with more aggressive offers. I think AT&T in particular was really aggressive last year. I'm curious what he said about the competition and the fact that you know a lot of it felt like early on uh, when when T-Mobile was still you know a number four number three player, it was the one pursuing these aggressive deals to get folks to to jump ship. But it seems like things have kind of reversed as you know it's become one of the bigger players and and. You see Verizon and AT&T actually get pretty aggressive with their own offers. Yeah, you definitely have seen that shift. As T-Mobile became the number two provider once they absorbed Sprint, you, you've seen AT&T now drop to three, and AT&T is looking at the, the marketplace and going, okay, how can we keep people from, from leaving us? And one of the ways they've done that is through device deals. 
and they've gotten significantly more aggressive. They're now offering, uh, when they come out with a new, when there are new phones in the market, Galaxy S22, most recently iPhone 13 late last year, deals for both new and existing customers, which is something that for years was never the case. If you wanted a, a free iPhone, for example, you often had to switch a line or add a new line, which for most people, their family plan was their family plan. They were set. And unless you had somebody joining, you weren't really looking to add a line. So your your deals and your, your options for getting these new devices were limited. And now the ability to, to get these devices oftentimes for a significant discount, if not outright free, depending on your plan and if you're willing to hang with a carrier, is you know valuable to people who really, as far as how they approach wireless is Am I getting, can I get this new phone? Will this new phone cost me an arm and a leg? And will it be able to work with, with the latest that my network offers? You know, Verizon in particular has been aggressive about catching up with speed, especially using its speed C-band spectrum. I'm curious if Siebert said anything about the competitive pressure and the need to, you know, continually improve that 5G network to stay competitive. He, he didn't say anything directly taking shots at uh, at Verizon the same way I guess John Ledger would have, but he did categorize T-Mobile's network right now as two years ahead of the competition and that the work they're doing will keep them two years ahead. So he's obviously, as, as he should, he's the CEO of T-Mobile, views his network very favorably relative to its rivals. What's next for T-Mobile? That is the, the big and interesting question. It's something that I tried getting Mike to tease a little bit. Um, he, he, as a telecom executive, is very good at avoiding those types of questions. Go, go figure. You, you know this as well as anyone, having covered this industry intensely. Uh, it will be interesting to see what they do. They, they are working on a whole bunch of different products. Uh, they recently launched an accelerator to try to create use cases for 5G. They called it something like 5G Forward. Give it a good marketing name. Um, it'll be interesting what they do as far as creating the use cases for 5G, as far as expanding into other areas. Automotive is one focus um, for a lot of wireless carriers now. T-Mobile just announced a partnership with BMW. It'll be interesting interesting to see what fruits that yields. And I'm, again, really curious to see what they do with home internet. I think that is a, a ripe area for exploration for everybody. Verizon is playing in that space pretty heavily with their 5G home and how that competition develops, I think will be really interesting to see over the coming months and years. Because again, I think that's something that really could provide some value to people. Verizon, if you have a certain uh, certain of its more recent unlimited plans, you can get, and you live in an area where you can get 5G home, it could be as cheap as 25 bucks a month for home internet, that's pretty fast. And that's really hard to beat right now. Got it. Well, Eli, thank you for your time in this rundown of T-Mobile. You can check out the story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, ping me on Twitter at Roger W. Chang. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.